It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, Aston Villa fans, and it seems like I'm never off my chair. <laughs> to be honest with you, never mind off YouTube. It seems like I'm never off this chair because transfer news just keeps on coming. And as I say, it is my favorite time of the year, um, transfer time, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm here, guys, to talk to you about today's newest rumor. Kind of started to surface yesterday, but my God, has a gathered pace since yesterday. And that is the Diego Carlos from Sevilla is an Aston Villa target, and it seems to be very high up on their list of targets. Um, you can see running down at the bottom of the screen there that there's a small bit of a, I suppose, it's a, it's a timeline of events of what's happened today. So Marca re- reported this morning that Villa and Sevilla were already in negotiations for the transfer of Diego Carlos, that things were moving quickly, and uh, this, uh, this was something that was amiable to both to all three parties. Then Estadio came out and said that he was valued at 50 million million euros, an amount that Aston Villa were willing to reach if the if bonuses and as such were included. I think that's wow, it's a massive number for him. And then it's come out here that uh Fabrizio Romano has mentioned that Aston Villa are now progressing in talks with Sevilla for Diego Carlos. Negotiations are ongoing with fresh proposals around 31 million euros to be discussed. So that is uh, you know, that number is um, still quite quite a big number, but it just shows that we mean business, this transfer window. And that Diego Carlos, it seems now it's been reported in very, very reputable sources, as I say, America, Estadio, and um, Fabrizio Romano are reporting this. So there is legs in this, and I think that this is something that we will see um that we will see the rumble line over the next 24 or 48 hours. Whether it comes to fruition or not, who knows? But it will rumble on. Um, there was also another report that I read today. I think it was in the Estadio. Um, uh, it was in the Estadio that said that Villa are looking to get this done in the next few days, if not weeks, but it will not last past 
uh, past June, past the end of June. So it was a nice long runway that they gave themselves. But still, it was nice to know that we're looking to get our transfer business done early. And it does fit in what Stephen Gerrard said, that things have been progressing, things have been rolling, things have been moving behind the scenes. They've been making their assertions on players that they have already. They've been making their assertions on players that they would like to see. And it looks like Aston Villa are ready to pounce, get their business done early in this transfer window. And that's not a bad thing. Before we get on to Diego Carlos, uh, that's not a bad thing because... Yesterday, we had the news that Spurs had an injection of $150 million into their coffers, specifically to entice Conte to stay with transfers. Want to get our business done before that money starts being splashed around. The sale of Chelsea is on the horizon. I could imagine that the new owners are going to come in and going to give Thomas Tuchel a ball of money that he's going to want to spend. Want to get our transfer business done before those before that as well. Both of those teams need centre-halves. Or we'll be in the market for top-class centre-halves. Whether it's this gentleman or any other gentleman that we're looking at, I don't know. So from that point of view, I'm really delighted that Aston Villa are getting their transfer business or seem to be in full speed ahead, get their business done before everybody breaks up and goes on holidays and not delay things and give other teams a march as they try and get their finances ready. So really, really grown-up kind of thinking, I think, from Aston Villa and something that I am delighted to um, to see. Um, whoa, wait a minute. Is there is there something breaking? Is this done? Rob Henry, thanks very much. Uh, whoa, ah, what's happening? The deal is in the bag. We didn't dilly-dally. Is, is something broken since I've come on? What? Oh, well. <laughs> We've signed him. We've signed him. Permanent deal from Sevilla. Center, Brazilian centre-back has accepted the contract today. Club statement confirms proposal has been accepted and deal sealed. 26 million to make Sevilla defender Diego Carlos their third side. 26 million? That's for nothing in the greater scheme of things. Nothing. In the, considering they were looking at he had a 65 million bio clause apparently and they were looking for 50 and we talked down to 26. Man, I need to learn Johan Lang as mind trick. He's Jedi mind trick. See, I should have had the comments open earlier. I should have had the comments open earlier because there was me going along my little piece and my little preamble. You already got, You guys already knew. You guys already knew. This is great news. I'm delighted I left it. <laughs> I'm delighted I, I was late for the stream so until 5 p.m. with this news. But uh, Rob, thank you so much for, for the, the super chat. I really appreciate it. And to everybody else that says it's just been announced, I really appreciate that as well. <laughs> that's uh, that's um, interesting. And um, yes, sorry, Ronan. I didn't get the memo. I think the club were waiting for me to announce it at 5 p.m. That's what the holdup was. Actually, can we go back to the start so I can play that off? That I knew all the time, and that's why I held off until 5 p.m. Yeah, um, that's an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that, that this is a really interesting one. Nicholas Charles Bamford says that um, uh, that's the same price as Mings. 26 million pounds, same price as Mings. Yeah, 29-year-old defender. You know, he's, he's no spring chicken. Like, tw- well, I'm 37. I can't be calling 29-year-olds old and out to pasture. But, uh, you know, I think it's commensurate to, to, to his skill level and to, to his age as well. But that's fantastic. You know, really, really good. And um, we are not messing around here. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, Ronan says he's been unveiled in my house. Bring him out. Yeah, if you'd just like to come into shot here, Diego, that would be fantastic. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> anyway, does anyone want to see what my feelings are on him? Um. 
I, I wish I knew how to make something flash up on the screen to say he's signed here because that would be fantastic if it happened. Um, and if you think I'm not going to clip out the re my reaction to finding out that he's signed, you have another thing coming. Um, so anyway, let's take a little look. I'm going to stop the, the batter scrolling at the bottom of the screen here. So let's take a little look at Diego Carlos here. Played 220 games at centre half. He is an out-and-out born bred centre half. That's all he's played. Only played uh, centre half. Um, we can see there a couple of couple of uh, notes on him. He's a late bloomer. He's a very, very good passer. He's a confident, confident, good passer. Um, and he's gotten better with when he stepped up in competition, if that makes sense. You know, he's been able to step up to the level that he's playing at, for sure. He does rely an awful lot on, you, on intuition, uh, for, for better or worse. And what I mean by that is the strong, physical, and a pacey player. That, that, you know, that just jumps off the screen when you watch him. I've put in here that he does make errors. And the reason that I've said that is that it's not as if he's completely error prone. But when you look in 2019, 2020, I actually went back and I looked at, at the game against Wolves and the game against Man United um, in the quarterfinal and semifinal of the Europa League when they went on to win it in 29-20. Or, or and I watched both of those games and he gave away a penalty. He was giving away penalties left, right, and center in those games. And you could see that the reason he did it was because he was compensating for maybe being caught a small little bit. Now, that can happen to anybody. It's just I happened to watch a couple of games, and I thought that there were two errors that could have cost him. When you look at his statistics over the course of his, uh, and I don't have it in here, but when you look at the, the statistics over the course of last year and the year before, the actual amount of errors that lead to goals or lead to shot-creating actions or lead to any of those uh, goal-creating actions are very, very small. So it doesn't tend, like he's not a serial error maker, don't get me wrong here with this one, but I just thought that, you know, he t if he finds himself out of position, it was interesting. It was against two Premier League teams and he gave away penalties. For me, I just thought that it was a small bit of thing worth mentioning because... We're going to be showing him up against players uh, that are in this team. And as we know, we do have some players that do make errors in this team as it is. Um, so let's take a look at some of his, uh, his other attributes. Look, I suppose we're going to start with the passing attributes at the moment. And we work our way backwards because when I speak about this, the defensive statistics, I want to obviously bring into context the fact that it is La Liga and we, we do tend to see some... Um, uh, intricacies are not intricacies. What's the word I'm looking for? Idiosyncrasies between um, between leagues when we do look at defensive statistics. Looking at his passing stats, he's going to be able to pass out of defence. It's clear as day here. He's he's been tasked with making a lot of a lot of passes in Lapetegui's um, uh, system. He's a powerful type centre half. You know he's not in, in position in in possession. He's he's comfortable with the ball. You know Sevilla play a possession based system. Um, they play out from the back. Um, he's a safe passer, if that makes sense. I think he's a safe passer, but that's fine with me. I don't, I don't mind whether you know if he passes it uh, short, mid, or, or or long, as long as he does the right thing and makes the right pass at the same time. But he's a safe passer. He's an accurate passer as well, and um, he he's going to he's not going to rely just on getting it to that pivot in in, in front of him. And and from the games that I saw, he was very adept at. At switching play, so his he he contrary to belief, a lot of times he, sta he starts in the left of a back three of a back two left center half, shall I say, and uh, Quende plays at the as as right center half. But he's interchangeable. He has played at right center half as well. And the reason I'm bringing this up is number one, he's right footed. But second of all, he 
is he's very adept at playing kind of at switching play, at switching the play. Um, and I think he'll fit into our system an awful lot from the point of view that our fullbacks like to get high. You can watch some of his some of his footage, and Marcus Acuna, the left back, is up around the center center uh, up past the, the the halfway line or up on the halfway line, and he's a bit more withdrawn. He might be back in, just at the end of his defensive third, and he'll switch the play directly out these out these fullbacks, and that's really interesting to me. I read a great article as well that you that, that confirmed it on. Um, What's the what's the website that it was on? Breakingthelines.com. You'll see that. And uh, uh read an article there and it confirmed it. And it actually showed it showed uh, a very similar pass to what I saw him do as well. So he switches the play to his fullbacks. What do we like to do? We like to get our fullbacks involved high up the field. For me, that's a that's a glaring reason, uh, uh, and it's a glaring um kind of uh, telltale sign as to as to um why uh, Stephen Gerrard might have brought him in. Gerard might have brought him in, um, because to me that's really that that that's going to be something invaluable. It means we don't have to go along. That we're comfortable with passing from defence. We will have that metronome in middle of midfield and in Bubakar Kamara. You know, links with Basuma as well, who's very good at being that pivot player. So what we might have, what we might have for the first time in a long time, is an opportunity to start attacks from various parts of the field from various parts of defence, whether it be central defence, whether it be getting it out getting it out quickly to our wings, or maybe playing it through the lines to our pivot players in midfield to try and play those triangles that we were playing at the start of Gerrard's um, at the start of Gerrard's uh, tenure here. Um, we can see there that he's got a very good pass completion rate, 88.6% uh, pass, pass completion rate over the course of the last 365 days. Progressive passes, yeah, it, it, they're they're not massive, but he does pass it for a big distance. So he's accurate with in comparison to a lot of other centre halves with his long passing, which is great to see. Absolutely great to see. Looking at his defensive abilities as well, doesn't tackle that much, but when he tackles, he wins the ball at at a decent clip. Sixty, uh, he's in the top uh, third percentile, should I say, or top third of of centre halves um, in Europe's top five leagues, which is good to see. Rarely gets dribbled past, and when we look at this in the moment, that is a feature of are two incumbent centre-halves, and it's something I think that, uh, that Diego Carlos can come into the team and, and can, can fit into the way that we play at the moment, except maybe bring that passing impetus towards our back line so that we're not under as much pressure, lumping the ball forward. Doesn't pressure an awful lot, but once again, I've spoken about this before, centre-halves really shouldn't pressure if we've got a good enough midfield. And in La Liga, they're not going to pressure because it's more of a... a an, it's more of a, a faster paced league from the point of view you're going to have people running at you more. And we can see that with regards to the dribble pass statistics. He's tackling people that are, are, are dribbling the ball, should I say, and he doesn't get dribble pass that often. He's pressure when he pressures people. He's successful 41% of the time. He doesn't pressure the people that, that much, but that puts him up in the top 9% of all center halves in Europe, which is good to see. So his pressure success rate is quite good. Um, you know, you look at his blocks and his interceptions. Once again, La Liga ain't the league if you're going to be looking for people who are going to have massive amounts of blocks, massive interceptions, because it's not a pinball wizard league. And what I mean by that is a lot of our blocks and interceptions that come from our center halves or specifically our blocks come because we invite pressure on. And sometimes there's a cross from out wide. It skews around in the middle of the goals and uh, Mings gets a block on it from a shot. La Liga is a different, it's a different beast and it's, it's, it's got a different cultural aspect to it from that point of view. So 
his passes, his, his blocks, his uh, passes, blocks, his interceptions, things like that, they are a bit lower. His aerial success jewels are in and around what we have from our, our guys at the moment, and we will see that as well. And he commits fouls at the rate of one per one per game. So much and all, he's a very balanced and very rounded player, to be honest, um, from, from, from what I've seen. And uh, the statistics bear that out as well. One thing I will say here is that Phil Vickery has, or not Phil Vickery, Tim Vickery. Who's Phil Vickery? Can't remember who he is. Phil Vickery played with, played with, uh, with Middlesbrough, I think. Tim Vickery has spoken about um, Diego Costa previously, and he has mentioned that he does have those errors in him. It, it does have an error with him at times that he can be not the most aesthetically pleasing defender when he gets the ball or when he's when he's trying to defend. And I think that's okay. But Phil v- or Tim Vickery, I said it wrong again. He did say that a scout came to him. Uh, 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 Spanish scout uh, came and mentioned him and said, "You got to look at this guy. He's the best Brazilian centre half in in Spain, or he's the, he's the one of the best centre halves in Spain." And uh, when Tim Vickery looked at him, he said that, uh, "Yeah, he's got an awful lot of good things going for him, but at the at the same time, you know that he does do some wild things." Now that was some time ago. That was maybe two years ago. So over time, I suppose culturally, that will that will be coached out of him, and we will see the time proof is in the pudding when he does come to the Premier League. But the Plus points are so far outweighing the negatives in that that I'm not even going to mention it anymore towards towards the rest of this podcast. Just trying to be honest from what I've seen, read, heard, and um, and, and observed from um, from watching Diego Carlos and listening to what people say when they are speaking about Diego Carlos. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So let's take a look at him in comparison to other players that we have. So, uh, Tyrone Mings, let's take a look at him here. So what we can see is a bit, it stands to reason when I said passes blocks, blocked and blocks and, and, and things like that, there's, they are, um, and interceptions and all that jazz, you know, that there's more of those going on in the Premier League than do in La Liga. And um, when we look at these tackle statistics, that's really what I'm more interested in. And, and he's performing at a higher rate than, than Tyrone Mings in that area as well. Also the dribblers tackled too. Um, I did put this together hastily, so if some of the coloring, color coding is, is missing, I do apologize. And um, we can see his passing statistics far out where, where Tyrone Mings. Um, also, when we look at Ezri Kanza, same thing goes rings true. Um, Kanza has more passes blocked, more interceptions, and they come in, the, in around the same uh, level for, for the amount of blocks they make. But once again, pressure success rates, uh, amount of tackles made, pr- percentage of dribblers tackled. They're all uh, higher from from Diego Carlos, so he does some similar things to the incumbents that we have. He does them at a, at a higher level, 
where we want them to do it, should I say. So it could be a good compliment to one of, either one of these two gentlemen, whether it be Kanza or whether it be Mings. And once again, the passing is just night and day when you look at the two uh, the two centre-halves we have. Our two centre-halves weren't tasked with being ball-playing centre-halves. That has to be mentioned. But when they were tasked with being ball-playing centre-halves, they they didn't you know they, they didn't pass the muster where like like somebody like Diego Carlos would do. Um, I also have uh, put him up against oh somebody here like uh, Maxence Lacroix. Um, so I have uh, put his statistics up there, and I didn't color code these, so I do apologize. But uh, what we can see here is that uh, you know they, it was me trying to figure out before he was signed. The whole premise of this podcast was trying to figure out what type of a center half we wanted. And that's been blown out of the water now, thanks to Fabrizio and to thanks to all the wonderful uh, reporters that are there. So I think I'm going to just mosey on past these next two slides between Maxence Lacroix and uh, James Tarkowski. And I can come back to them and I can reuse them again because they're kind of null and void now because this was the point of the podcast where I was going to talk about what type of player do I, the centre-half do Aston Villa want. And I had this lovely hypothesis going about where they wanted a yin and yang at centre-half, one that could be a stopper, one that could play a ball. And it's now all gone out of the gone out, blown out of the water now because we've signed Diego Carlos. And um, Jesus, fantastic news! Don't get me wrong. Uh, but does anybody ever think of my podcast? Do they ever think of it before they break this news? Um, so I'm going to just go on past James Tarkovsky. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, they they can be done for another day. Let's look at some of his advanced defensive statistics and his advanced passing statistics as well. Um, uh, tackles uh, and tackles well, am amongst all different uh, areas of the field very very similar 14 uh, 102 uh, 0.45 0, 0.5 so you know realistically when we're looking there he comes in at the same level amongst his peers in the top five leagues as well uh, with tackles across all those different levels of the field pressures as I say once again La Liga ain't a pressure league you'll see that he has uh, higher pressures in the attacking third he just gets active when he's coming back from corners. I've seen that with my own two eyes. You can see him. He is not somebody who's going to plod back. He's going to get active. He's going to try and pressure people on the retreat. He's also going to try and tackle people on the retreat. That's why you can see those numbers there. And his ball, ball recoveries come smack bang in the middle of the park at 8.87 as well. Um, and once again, I'd be hoping my, my midfielders would be recovering the ball more than my defenders. So I want my defenders to tackle, want my midfielders to recover the ball, and I don't want my defenders to be overworked at any stage of, of the game. When we look at his pass completion statistics, 88.6% pass completion uh, ranges across the different levels of the different uh, transition areas of short completions, uh, 40 94.6, uh, mid completions, 95.5, and long pass completions is 73.1%, with 64.49 uh, live ball passes per game. So basically, he's, he's doing all of his passing. Um, outside of, of free kicks, he doesn't take them, essentially. So it's going to be all 64.49 uh, as well. Um, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting one. As I say, it's a really interesting uh, interesting signing. Look, he's somebody that Newcastle wanted. He's somebody that, uh, that uh, West Ham wanted. He was wanted by a lot of Premier League teams. He was wanted by teams outside of Spain as well. Sevilla are in a bit of financial difficulty. So for us to swoop in, get this done early, 26 million, essentially pull the wool over, over a lot of teams' eyes, this is going to sting. This is going to sting other teams that aren't Aston Villa because they would have thought that they would have had a chance at maybe negotiating this down a small bit more because they are in a bit of financial difficulty. 
We got in here and we got this done, as I mentioned before, Chelsea get their boodle of cash, their 220 million or whatever is rumored that they're going to be spending in the transfer market. They sign Quende. We don't get Diego Carlos for 26 million. I can guarantee you that. The other guy is looking to go for 60 million. This guy goes for 29. We get our business done early and now we can let everybody else fight out for, fight it out for the other guy, for Quende. And I think that that's, that's smart business by Aston Villa. I think it's really, really smart business by Aston Villa because this is a kind of, this is a guy that's, um, do we need, we need another center half. I don't know what, I haven't even had time to sit down and think where we go with regards to signing him. That would be for another podcast. I want to Paddy there so that as he talks, I can gather my thoughts. He's just signed. I haven't even thought about who he replaces, where he fits in, anything like that. This podcast was more about what kind of a defender are we going for? And uh, look, it's just been shown, it's been borne out that Diego Carlos is the man that we're looking for. We're obviously looking for someone who can pass the ball more. Who he replaces, I don't know, but I do know he does have versatility of playing both right-sided centre-half and left-sided centre-half as well, which is real, which is a real positive and plus point. Um, I'm going to go to the comments, vast and brilliant as they are. And there's probably no way I'm going to get to half enough of them. Um, but by God, am I delighted I delayed this until 5 p.m. Uh, another reason why, the reason why I delayed, delayed it until 5 p.m. is because I've got a nice little interesting podcast coming up and I wanted to record it with, uh, with some wonderful people um, previously uh, at half past four as well. So, um, and that was the time that they could do it. So keep your eyes, ears peeled for that. It's a current Aston Villa player that I was, I was um, talking about. And uh, getting a lowdown on so really, really interesting and nice podcast. So just some scurrilous, scurrilous um, advertising of our own pod. There's 250 people here at the moment. I am going to take this time, guys. If you could please press the thumbs up, like this podcast, like this on, on YouTube. If you aren't already subscribed to the podcast, uh, please, I, I implore you to please subscribe to it. This might be my what? My, I think it could be 20 days in a row nearly that I'm podcasting. Someone will keep me honest. Feels like it's that long anyway. I just love doing them. There's going to be tons and tons more of these. Um, and you will hear a lot more ramblings from me over the course of the transfer window. So really appreciate everything you already do. If you aren't subscribed, please do. If you could give us a thumbs up, I'd really, really love it. Also, audio podcast. Don't forget the audio podcast. I'm going to going to be ramping up uh, efforts on that as well over the, the course of, um, of the off-season. We're not going anywhere yet, lads. We're not going anywhere yet. Um, yeah, Damien Leach says, we're just waiting on Neil to read the comments. Yeah, because you were all talking amongst yourselves the fact that he had signed and I was the only one that was oblivious. Um, <laughs> I can see all the messages there saying, read the comments, read the comments. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, and I do need to change my title as well. Um, so uh, da, 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 where are we there? Um, I'm just going to pick one there at, at random to see where we are. Uh, Rob Henry says a right footer alongside Mings. I think that's probably where we're looking at. I, like Kanza is going to be off for the whole off season. He's going to be getting his uh, getting going through rehabilitation. Um, maybe we don't expect him to hit the ground running when he when he comes back. Callum Chambers, I think it's fair enough to say. Good and all as he's been for us, will be that stand-in player for us. I don't think he's going to be a standout player, more so a stand-in player. And Diego Carlos now comes in, and I would imagine he's going to take up that right-hand, right-sided um, spot. But who knows? Anything could happen. Like the, the speed Aston Villa are doing transfers that we could be here in a week's time saying, oh my God, I wish Tyrone Mings all the best at Roma. Somebody, some team, you know, who knows? 
Um, you could like any. I don't know what's going to happen uh, with Aston Villa, and this actually throws throws everything up in the air even even more uh, than it did before. Um, and so on asked, does he play on the left side of centre back? He, he's played both left and right side. Yeah, um, of centre uh, of the centre back position, um, which is quite interesting as well. Um, do I think Ka- Tarkovsky is still on the radar now that it's confirmed? Um, I don't think you offer somebody 120 grand a week without being willing to revisit that, even if you sign someone else. Now, if Tarkovsky does sign as well, I think we have to have serious consider conversations about the, about the centre halves that we currently have, and whether they will be here next season. Um, so that's why I'm kind of keeping my powder dry and making any massive predictions on what Diego Carlos will do or where he'll line up or what he'll look like within this team. But I think we've spent 26 million on a player and he's your player that you've brought in as a manager. You're going to want to start him day one. But where he starts, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but it's an interesting one. Really, really interesting one. Um, Karen O'Neill says, hope we get Bassey now too. Uh, seems to be still full systems go on on uh, Calvin Bassey. Did a podcast on him last night. You can go back and find it on our channel. If you're not already subscribed, please do. Um, but it was really interesting uh, view of Calvin Bassey and what he brings to the team or what he potentially could. I think he's a left back, not a centre half. Uh, I think he'll be a left back for Villa. And uh, by all accounts, he wants to play a left back himself as opposed to centre half. So really interesting player. Um. Ba-ba-bam. Where else are we here? Um, he's a rugby player, is he? Um, this is an interesting one here. Rex Gold says, reminds me of a Pepe type. Maybe we need that dirty, nasty influence in our team. I've always said that we're a small bit too nice. I've said it since we came back into the Premier League. We're a bit nice. No, we're a bit of a nice team. Nice guys finish last. I should know. Um, but it's uh, it it could be something that might that might, we might be bringing in that kind of a bit more of a of of a pit bull mentality into the team, potentially. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but an interesting comment, all the same for sure. Uh, but but, but Western Wood makes the same um makes makes a great point here. House would most certainly be moved on, and, and and Kanza is injured for a while, and we need a central defender. Absolutely, I think that's that's it. Like much and all is my love affair with Courtney House. Um, has happened and has been vast and varied over the course of the last three years. I do think that this is the last we will see of him. I don't think we will see him in a Villa shirt again. Um, rumor had it that he was going on loan to Watford uh, in January. He signed a new deal to protect his his value to Aston Villa. And um, you know whether he goes out and loan again, uh, goes out and loan this season or not, or whether we sell him, um, I suppose is to be seen. But you know he's been injured quite a lot this season, and I think that he will most likely move on in the off season. Um, and this probably expedites that if I was to be really, really honest about the whole situation. Um, where else are we? Uh, Suarez dropped a villa hint yesterday. I'll have to go back and I'll have to look for that. Everyone, I said maybe my whole we're too nice a team is uh, is definitely worth going a full 180 on that and bringing in the likes of Diego Carlos and uh, and Luis Suarez. One actually one thing I didn't mention about Diego Carlos is he's never injured. Very rarely injured. I think oh, I think over his career he's only been injured twice and they've been small injuries and uh, not been big injuries, but they've only been inj- he's only been injured twice. Um so that is something to bear in mind. Um yeah, so look guys, I suppose really we're just kind of reacting to it in real time here. 
uh, it's great that we've been able to do the podcast. It's great to be able to chat about this. And uh, it's great that you guys were able to see my reaction uh, when I when I was the last person in the room to know that he had just signed for Aston Villa. Um, but it, uh, yeah, as I say, it's a really, really interesting signing. We'll see what else Aston Villa have in store. But uh, yeah, I need to go catch my breath and, uh, and try and make sense of all of this. And I'm sure we'll be back later on um, in the week or... Well, it's late in the week now, maybe over the weekend with some more transfer news as it breaks. Thank you so much to everybody who's been watching this. Thanks so much to everybody who contributes to, to the podcast, which are comments, which are likes and everything like that. I really, really appreciate it. Um, if you could subscribe to the YouTube channel, I would be forever in your debt. And if you could leave a, a thumbs up on this, I would also really appreciate it. Audio podcast, as I say as well, please subscribe to it. You don't have to listen to the audio podcast on YouTube, but I just don't want you to miss out when we do an audio podcast. And if you could subscribe, it would be fantastic. So Diego Carlos is an Aston Villa player. Um, really great news. Super to see. And here's to more signings as they come down the pipe over the next few weeks and months before the start of next season. Thanks very much, everybody. I need to go and get a glass of water. And all that's left to say is up the Villa. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.